Hello and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael. Michael, how's it going? It's going good. Hard day's night at work, but I'm back and I'm ready to unwind with a brew. Me too. And you know what else I'm ready to unwind with, Michael? What's that? War games. As we established earlier, uh, <laughs> before we went on the air, uh, WWF is bringing back the ever-convoluted War Games match, and we were discussing this before we went on the air, and I just realized that I never understood how in the world one wins this. Or, or Well, there's the, two the, rings, am I correct? Is that the only... you, you are correct, and these garbage-looking cages around them, Yeah. Psycho Sid pre-leg injury. But I, I lived down the street from a, a couple of early 90s WCW fanboys, and it always seemed like the NASCAR of professional wrestling, whereas <laughs> WWF was, I mean, literally and figuratively the, the MTV of wrestling. Sure. And so it, I'm fascinated by the war games, but I don't understand it. But <laughs> I, I suspect the one I'm watching is the last one Ric Flair had before he left for... Uh, the big, the so-called big leagues, <laughs> right? But that's neither here nor there. Michael, how about you hit me with the beer brag? Jeremy, I had a nice seasonal brew from Southern Tier Brewing Company, and uh, appropriate for this episode, maybe it gets into a little uh, spice that is ripe for the season: cinnamon roll imperial ale. Interesting ale with all natural cinnamon and caramel flavors added. It was good. It smelled. Exactly like a cinnamon roll, and for the most part, it tasted like a cinnamon roll. It had the cinnamon flavor, it had mm-hmm. that caramelly flavor, and even like to me, I thought the yeast contributed a little bready flavor. Not like, oh god, this tastes like a baker's hat, but <laughs> just to like a, a baker's hat, Michael, huh? <laughs> just a smidge of yeasty flavor that gave it kind of the total package. The only thing that threw it off a little bit is the ABV is. 8.6 so like after this you know you eat a cinnamon roll it's like sweet all the way after this it was pretty sweet and then all of a sudden you got this like punch to the back of your tongue of booziness so that threw it a little bit for me but overall uh it was a really interesting brew uh good novelty brew that i'd recommend anybody out there try especially if you like cinnamon rolls which i'm a fan of everyone likes them that's true who who wouldn't like a cinnamon roll yeah, it's true. Michael, well, uh, I have a, let's see, what's the, oh, a bit of a whale. Oh! Uh, for mine. This is not a whale that's, you know, like a big thing, but mm-hmm. um, we went to trivia at our beloved Big Grove Brewery this past Tuesday. Oh, and yes. uh, So it's the usual company slash guy that does our normal trivia nights, but they were doing a a charity event for the University of Iowa's Dance Marathon, which helps raise money for the uh, Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they're just like, oh, hey, instead of it being free, how about you pay five bucks? And, you know, we'll have like a $100 gift card is the the marquee prize, I guess is the word. High stakes? Uh, yes, because uh, 50 teams showed up. Whoa! Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I believe the the host said there was over 200 people. They raised over, ooh, how much did they say? It's like over $1,300 for her. Oh, it's $5 a person? Yes. 
Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And then they they on top of that they also like raffled off some shirts and stuff that someone donated. I don't know. Okay. But uh, it was intense. Uh huh. I've never remotely been in anything that uh that large as far okay. as a uh, competition. Yeah. Um. Is intense, man. Uh, we did not win the one hundred dollars, much to my chagrin. Um. But based on our our final wager. I'm pretty sure we were in the top 10 because there okay. was someone with uh, more points than we had, but we did not, uh, no matter what we would have wagered, even if we would have gotten right, would we have won? Oh, I see. Um, okay. I think we put up a fair fight, but uh, Michael, if you were able to tell me, so there are two countries that have German as an official language that are not in the EU, and one of them is Switzerland. Name the other. Not in the EU. Yeah, you think about that one, but uh, oh boy, I didn't. I, yeah, um, to save you the drama, it was Liechtenstein, and I did not get that question right. Oh, they're not in the EU. It's more about who's not in the EU, almost. Yeah, I, I was blanking really hard on anything related to the EU, so I just kind of guessed. Uh, uh, Austria speaks German, don't they? And yeah, they do. I got that but, part right. But, right, yeah. But they were in the EU. But that's neither here nor there. What is here and or there is that I got the last of the Apocalypse series, Volume Two, Tomorrow Morrowland. It's a eight percent DIPA, and you know it's 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 kind of difficult to talk about like the different ones in these because I miss the uh, the most unique of them. Like, I missed mm-hmm. the New England IPA, and I missed the oh, Black yeah. IPA. I remember you talking about those, but... And complaining about missing them. Yes. <laughs> regardless, they they nailed it again. I, I don't know how Big Grove does what they do, but this is just... It's a hop bomb. It was fruity. It's a little piney. A uh, little astringent, but my God, was it delicious. 4.5 for me. Nice. Very good. So hopefully it won't be another two years until they do that. Last year, at this time, I imagine they were getting ready for the opening of the brewery, and they didn't have time to do it. So hopefully next fall brings uh-huh. about another apocalypse that I don't screw up and miss. But Michael, I'm, I saw some pictures of you t- <laughs> tweeting, and it made me upset. So uh, do fill me in, good sir. Yeah, so I went to a beer store local beer store and they had a rep from toppling goliath Mm -hmm. serving out samples and news updates on their brewing Mm. um and so i thought since you're pretty well versed in toppling goliath i thought i would go through some of the beers i had and we can uh discuss um and then i can share with you what they were telling me about their brewery update Mm -hmm. as far as canning goes sure so the first brew i had was dorothy which is a lager. An oldie but goodie. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's kind of ran on the sweet side. Um, a little bit, yeah. But I did end up getting a, a four pack of that one because I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Then I had the Tsunami Pale Ale. Have you had that one? I have. That one's, that one's it's different. pretty bold. It is a bold. Uh, it's, a, it's a stinky IPA. Yeah. And then she was talking about how it was used to be, like, this used to be pseudo Sue, and then they changed pseudo Sue to dry hopping, and this, I didn't quite get it, but really? somehow it shares some sort of, um, either, like, the recipe base or something like that, shares lineage. some DNA with pseudo Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah lineage. And That's I know word. a thing or two about DNA. 
<laughs> you do. CRISPR. Um, <laughs> then I had Pseudo-Sue. And like I think having a Nexus Tsunami was really good because that really had a really strong bite at the end. And Pseudo-Sue was so smooth compared to that. Uh, so good. And so I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was Florida. All the I believe all these were Florida cans. So yes, um, they were. Maybe not the most superb example, but good nonetheless. So yes, uh, next part of your story, Michael. Did you talk to them about the brewery? Yes. Yeah, so they said that they are now canning at their at in Decorah, Iowa. Yes, they are. They've been posting videos of it all day long today. <laughs> they said that. So for those who don't know the backstory, Tavern Goliath very popular. They had to outsource some of their production to a contract brewery in Florida. I can't mm-hmm. remember the name now. I don't remember either. And there was complaints about it not matching up to the caliber of the Iowa brews. And so um, that was about two in the last two years or so. maybe Something like, God, has it been that long? Because I remember we talked about it on an early ep of this yeah. podcast. So I think it's been at least two years. The, the, biggest, com- the biggest complaint was that... Uh... I believe they centrifuged the stuff in Florida, and it was okay. a really clear one, whereas the you cannot see through the other side of a Decorah Iowa IPA <laughs> that they make. It, it cannot be done. Inconsistency and kind of changes mm-hmm. as it went along um, versus a nice standard Decorah one. So that contract recently ran out, and they are now canning now in Iowa. She said in about two months... The old stuff will kind of be flushed out of the system, if you will. Sweet discount the distribution sales. system. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And uh, you're they've done see... it. They've done it before. They did it with the Golden Nugget four pack of bottles when they were switching uh, over to cans. So, so you, I got a lot of it for cheap. <laughs> you're gonna see a change in uh, packaging too. Mm-hmm. This should be pretty slight, but noticeable nonetheless. So you should notice the difference between a Florida one if you're familiar with that packaging versus mm-hmm. the new ones she said and for those who have not had the decora sue it really is a work of art it's a phenomenal beer like the the florida one is good but i mean it's it, it's apples to oranges it's not the same beer mm-hmm. i also had their rover truck that's a good one which is a stout i found it also to be a little on the sweet side really i haven't had that one in a while I had their golden nugget. Oh, it's so um, and then I had a, I think this one's only available in Iowa. She said it doesn't come up here too much. Uh-huh. Naughty 90 Oaked Ale. Oh, that's a good beer. Yeah, it had a very unique flavor to it. I, I Assuming from the oak barrels. Or, that's uh, allegedly an IPA. Yeah, it was... I. I I almost couldn't really compare it to any uh, standard kind. It was very uniquely flavored. Yes, I, I did is. enjoy it. It's, it it's very good. good. It's yeah. almost chocolatey at times, which is yeah. the, about the exact opposite of what one would expect out of an IPA. But th- but that's a very good beer. Very good uh, sampling there with Toppling Goliath. And yeah, mm. so I, I grabbed that four pack of Dorothy because it was on sale and I liked it. It's good. I enjoy that beer. It's a, I, uh, I look forward to the day when they become a standard, a staple, if you will, on the uh, of the tap lines around here. There's like a few places that will that will have it on tap, or like some weird stuff. But you know, it's the it's the the fancy places, the places like the sanctuary, 
We'll get their mm-hmm. weird stuff. Uh, Shorts, Burger, and Shine will have oh, some of their nice weirder stuff. Nice places, don't get me wrong, but I want it everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And I want it to be the right kind, too. I did ask her about Wisconsin Brewing Company making some of oh, their that's brews. Right. And she said they make they don't do any bottling or canning. They just make draft beer there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. As, as long as it's the same, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, so I, I really got the... Am. Inside scoop there. Interesting. Did you lean over the bar with one elbow pointing at it and like get a nice surreptitious whisper going with the with the uh, the representative? Uh, yeah. Well, it's just out on the uh, floor of the oh. store. Well, I like my idea better. <laughs> yeah. Leaning against a light post, flipping a coin. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it's late, Michael. We're late. That is late. Um. Jeremy, I have something here. You do. It's a it's a news article. Flavorful non-alcoholic beer catches on in North America. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. No. Listen to this from Rebecca Kirkman uh, from Beer Advocate. It talks about a few breweries that are making flavorful non-alcoholic beers, including Bravis Brewing in California, Wellbeing Brewing in Missouri, and Partake Brewing in Ontario. They are filling this unsatisfied niche, maybe, of non-alcoholic beer, which is defined as beer below 0.5%, which is a lingering definition from Prohibition. Oh, and it's also a a point of contention from our uh, flirtation with doing the Century Club, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It technically wouldn't be non-alcoholic. Typically... To remove the alcohol, it has to beer has to be heated or filtered, and that affects how it tastes, especially when it comes down to hops sure. and flavors. That's why you usually have insipid non-alcoholic beer or just generally non-good tasting non-alcoholic beer. But according to the founder of Bravis, he did a year of research with, quote, very bright and innovative scientists in the field and has a proprietary process that allowed him to retain hot flavors with less than 0.5% ABV. Can't you do, just do that with like that uh, the hop torpedo that like? Well, well couldn't you like do it with after like after the fact or something? Yeah, like hop oils or something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's all it is. I don't know. And he's making an IPA, and they plan on releasing a stout and then a red ale next year. Hmm. I mean, that's not your typical light domestic lager. No. And they do <laughs> they do give some stats here. Um, apparently, non-alcoholic beers are popular in Europe. But here they represent 0.31% of sales by volume. <laughs> okay. Then they talk about Partake IPA, which is uh, up in Canada. Yeah, and the, the founder there made it because he has Crohn's disease and it prevents him from drinking the full-flavored beer he loved. So he went out to make non-alcoholic beer, which is probably one of the best rationales. Yeah, so that's about the gist of it. So the alcohol is inflaming his Crohn's disease. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, yeah, it's probably not good for that. I, I don't know much about Crohn's disease other than that it's a pretty nasty uh, affliction. But Yes. I, I don't know, man. What, what's the point? <laughs> I, 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 re, I refuse. Like, if, if there's nothing that this world has taught me is that science can do anything. Mm-hmm. It, it really can. But, like, I... I'm going to have to be swayed on this. Like, I refuse to believe that it's a possibility. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to believe it until like you can put that up against like, and it doesn't even need to be like an earth-shattering IPA, like aforementioned Pseudosu. But if it's like you put it up against just like 
the Aldi's IPA. Uh-huh. Does one, like, have significant... Like, does the Aldi's one taste significantly better? Can you not tell the difference? And so on and so forth. What I like about this is that at least there's going to be a flavored option. So people who either choose or cannot drink non-alcoholic beers. Mm-hmm. And maybe there'll be a situation one day where I want a non-alcoholic beer. No. I'll, <laughs> the, <laughs> never. I'll have the option of uh, getting one that actually has flavor versus caliber. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Caliber is bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, re- you know it's really bad. That one's disgusting. <laughs> But I guess it remains to be seen for us personally if these cut the mustard, like you said, does it stand mm-hmm. up to your bog standard IPA or is it going to be like, oh, there's something a little off about this. Uh, so maybe someday on the show we'll drink it side by side with a random beer. For the points of science, I would do it, but I'm yes. not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for science, I'd do it too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jeremy, I have a lead-in segment. Oh. <laughs> just, just to totally okay. <laughs> blitz through the segue. The lead-in is you saying lead-in? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a lead-in segment for our FDR. Okay. And um, our FDR has to do with pie. It does have to do with pie. And I want to have a little tournament of pies so that you can determine on this list of eight pies, what is the best? And th- these are heavy-hitting pies, Jeremy. Don't get me wrong. So if, mm-hmm. if it's the best on this list, unless you have some oddball one that you want to throw in as a contender, okay, it's probably it's probably um, not going to rank. I'm not a big fan of oddball pies. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, so should we start the uh, competition? We should. So first fight is apple versus... Egg custard. What do you go for, Jeremy? So I'm assuming you did like a one eight two seven three six. Did you Type see? Bracket? Did you seed the pies? Uh, they're roughly seeded. Well, that it's apple. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no question about it. this. Is a, uh, this is a Duke versus like Mount Saint Mercy or something like that. I mean, a land <laughs> apple in a landslide. Yes, yeah. I think apple for me might have trouble later in the tournament, but yeah, egg custard pie. Um, well, I've had that before. Kind of tastes like eggs and kind of tastes like pudding, so it's a little strange. So, yeah. next fight is pumpkin pie uh-huh. versus cherry pie. Hmm. Now, now you have that warrant song that kind of ruined cherry pie. <laughs> I was just going to say warrant aside. <laughs> this is this is difficult. Are we going? Is there any sort of uh? adjective involved with the cherries are we going rainier cherries are we going sour cherries Ooh. what are we what are we doing here you're going with the kind of cherry pie that's on the side of a crisco container gotcha um i do love a good pumpkin pie but i'm going to go controversial with cherry you're going to go cherry just just because i've had enough bad pumpkin pie or at least yeah not as great as it should be pumpkin pie plus the whole Pumpkin, pumpkin spice has got me kind of worn out on the, oh, yeah. the topic, and you know I, I just don't have a whole lot of cherry pies, and I like cherry pies, so cherry cherry it is. Um, yeah, a little upset there. I will. Well, first of all, I'm gonna let you kind of drive the decision making, but I'm gonna clearly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assent. I'm gonna assent to your vote. Uh, I really love pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. and I always, I to me, I always a good memory of pumpkin pie when I was little, and now when I have it more when I'm older, 
for some reason it just doesn't trip my wire as much. I think we're flooded with with the idea of pumpkin related foods. And it's not as special anymore maybe. I, I don't think know. that's the case. Granted, the people that just moan about pumpkin spice are almost as bad as the people who like pumpkin spice. Yeah. It's it's we're we're approaching, you know, singularity. That's the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Thank you. Our right, next fight, next fight. Uh next fight is pecan versus banana cream. Oh, banana cream. Oh, you're going banana cream. Mm. Pecan pie is always, it just looks weird. <laughs> it does look a little odd. I will say I like pies that are, uh, to get real technical, uh, heterogeneous versus <laughs> a, a chunky pie. No, homogenous versus chunky. Yes. See, I, I like a pie full of goo, I guess. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> I hate to see pecan go so early in the tournament, but I'm not going to veto your choice, Jeremy. I'm going to... We're going to let that go. I mean, it, it, it's a hard one because there is something to be said about pie that is just like a tin of filling or essentially pudding shoved <laughs> into a uh, a pie crust. Lemon meringue versus French silk. Two goo pies. Two goo pies. Um, both good, but I'm going lemon meringue because Fishbone has an awesome song called Lemon Meringue. <laughs> okay, okay. And plus it's a good pie. It's 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 another one of those things like I mean if you want a French silk pie, you you can like eat an like an ice cream bar and get the same thing out of it. <laughs> That's a good point. It's pretty rich. It's another rich one. Well, I mean it's 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 chocolate pudding and a pie crust with shavings. That will get a dilly bar, <laughs> okay. and then smash okay. it up, and you've got a, a French silk uh, pile. Pile. Ah, pile. Get yeah, get it. Okay, moving on to the <laughs> we'll, semifinals. We'll let that one hang there. <laughs> apple versus cherry. The battle of the fruits. It is battle of the fruits. Uh, we're going apple. We got to go apple. There's just nothing better than warm apples, man. I, I don't... You know, if the apple pie has a gooey filling, uh-huh. I do like it. But if it uh, is just a bunch of discrete apples... Just mm, a bunch of hard, uncooked apples in there. I'd, I'd rather have a uh, apple cobbler. Eh, it's it's essentially the same thing. Okay, so cherry goes into the potential bronze <laughs> medal match. Do do we have a uh, a losers bracket here, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just checking. Battle of the Goo Pies: Lemon Meringue versus Banana Cream. Lemon you Meringue. Enthusiastic for. Oh, okay, we're going Lemon Meringue. Banana Cream is good and all, but I mean, it once again, it's it's pudding. And how often do you have lemon pudding? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the champion... Well, let's go bronze, banana cream, <laughs> cherry. Who gets the bronze medal? Cherry, because it's a fruit pie. Oh, you're pro-fruit. Yeah, I'm, I mean, this is going to be a recurring segment here, or a recurring theme, if I may get a little spoilerific here. But, okay. uh, but I mean, it, goo, goo pies, they're not really pie. I don't know. Okay, oh. So apple versus lemon meringue. Yeah, apple. I do Apple. like I do like a good lemon meringue, but and the fishbone song is pretty awesome, but uh, it's apple pie, man. I mean, nothing's American as it for a reason. Uh oh, shepherd's pie challenger, savory pie. What do you think? Do you, do you go for it? Does it does it deserve to be in the tournament? It got it was banned this year, but they're allowing to get in next year. Performance enhancing pie drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. P- 
pieds. Um, would you I'm, rank it on that list, or would you no, say eh, not but, so much? But uh, you're a meal. But it is a it is a meal. It's a main course. If it's a main course, it's not a pie. There was at the the lab I work in, we would get sent these pastries from a Cuban bakery in Miami around Christmas time, and there'd be traditional ones like uh, guava and you know cherry and things, just little kind of like large empanadas basically. Uh huh. But one of them was like a Cuban mincemeat pie. Oh. And like I was never a big fan of mincemeat, like ever, but my God, was that phenomenal! Everyone else in the lab looked at me like I was a weirdo, but I, like the last year we had those, I swear to God, I had like nine of them in like two days. <laughs> and it, it was amazing because whenever we have leftover food, I tend to be the one to clean up the mess. And by clean up the mess, I mean eat everything because I'm a dumpster. <laughs> Dumpster mania. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy, shall we get into the FDR? Let's do it, Michael. What do we got this week? Good sir. You tell them what the FDR is. I'll get the beer out of my satchel here. We are engaging in the FDR, as we do every week. <laughs> wow. It really is late. That Cobra Verde is kicking in. <laughs> but uh, the FDR is wherein we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. This week, we're going back to a... A brewery that we've been to before, and somewhat recently, but it's got a little twist. Michael, what are we having today? Have we been there recently? We had one not, like, terribly long ago. Oh, yeah. Was it with you? It must have been, right? We are having, from Abita Brewing, Pecan Ale. Gyo Nuts Ale brewed with Louisiana pecans. But I was putting a spin on it to make it sound obvious that it's spelled g-e-a-u-x more things need to be spelled with three vowels and an x i don't care what the vowels are uh jeremy do you want to spin that one around and read the flavor text on there is it pecan or pecan we're getting that we're going down we're never going to settle that debate on this show pecan god oh my god i don't know why this always bugs me so much but these alternate sayings just drive me up a wall but pecan now I don't even remember which way I was going with it. Pecan ale is made with real Louisiana roasted pecans for a subtle, nutty flavor and aroma. It's brewed with pale, Munich, biscuit, and caramel malts and Willamette ha-ha, hops. The roasted pecans are added in the brew house. Crack when opening, go nuts. Yeah. I like the label on this thing. Yeah. Michael, when you were when you were a kid, did you uh, have one of those parents who would come home around the holidays with a big sack of, like whole nuts oh i think that happened on one christmas once my father is a big fan of doing that and i think he still does it but uh <sighs> pecans are really hard to open up they were always the hardest of the nuts to open and maybe that goes towards my disdain for the <laughs> altered <laughs> pecans so it's here just in time for thanksgiving it is uh ibu 20 uh abv 5.2 uh, Jeremy, should we open this up? We should, Michael. Let's get at it. And I'm going to find out what that other Abida, Abida beer was. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to check the log here. I. Oh, God. I know I we did I think we had, one. like, some black ale or something from I, that, I, I don't know. Now that's bugging me, too. Ooh, this smells good. Mm. Have you taken a whiff, Michael? Yeah, just out of the bottle. I haven't poured yet. I'll go for the pour. I'm doing the same. 
smells like a nutty ale. <laughs> I mean, don't break yourself with all these descriptors, Michael. But uh, but yes, it does smell like a nutty ale, and it's uh quite refreshing. Uh, I think when we did Newcastle uh, earlier earlier this year, question mark, we mm-hmm. were lamenting the fact that uh, nothing could quite hit that 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 first time at a Newcastle sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. But this one has got the smell, and I'm I'm getting my hopes up, Michael. Okay, so here's the scoop. Uh, we had a beta on episode 67, a beta Turbo Dog, and that was with Mike. Mike Era. I swear to God, I had. Eh. Anywho, that's neither here nor there. It's clear-ish. Um, a nice copper color, about a finger worth of head. Yeah, looks the, effervescent. What uh, what sort of glass are you having it in? A goblet. Me too. Which is, they recommend goblet, pint, or stein, which is... A stein of this would be great right now. <laughs> oh, this, it smells delicious, and this color is beautiful. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, it's a, a it's real a rich copper. Deep fall copper. Yeah. Jeremy, do you want to go in first, then? Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael. <laughs> I don't know if it's hitting that same nostalgic uh, point, but that's pretty good. Ooh, not bad. And I really like the aftertaste on this. Oh yeah, I just noticed that too. Yeah, that nutty flavor kind of really comes up and sneaks up on you, and it's it's really quite pleasant. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, it does have a nutty flavor and it has a nice solid brown ale, red ale type um, base. Um, mm. it is a little thin. On the, you know, the body's kind of thin, but I guess bit. that makes sense for an ale like this. The recent beer that I had with pecans is the one that you and your better half gifted me. That uh, The one that I didn't have? Yeah, the Will Wheaton <laughs> beer. Um, and that had a, that was like on point with the nuttiness. This is obviously, um, that was in a bomber, mm-hmm. probably limited release type beer, and this is Indeed wide is. distribution. This is wide distribution? I have not seen a be- Abida? Abida? Ab- a beer. Uh, boy. Um, I have not seen this Louisianan brewery in, oh, really? uh, it, in Iowa. No. It is, I think they make their way around the country a decent amount. This is a seasonal brew of theirs, obviously. But, like, compared to a limited bomber series, mm-hmm. This probably has wider distribution. So, oh, you know, totally. You can't, yeah. So taking that into account, I mean, it was it was stone, which has right. a pretty wide footprint. But, but yeah, you're you're almost certainly right. Um, oh, I like that aftertaste a lot. That's really good. That's probably my favorite part about this. Is mm-hmm. after you're done, you get a real nice, it's kind of a nutty, malty flavor lingering in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's very pleasant just the right amount of sweetness on it too mm-hmm. which is with these ones with these beers that are like copper or red but not quite you know like a deep brown like a porter or a stout the sweetness usually tends to be a uh, like a the tipping point like that's what makes it or breaks it for me because mm-hmm. um, obviously if it's not too if it's not sweet enough you get an astringent beer which is kind of weird you know outside of certain styles mm-hmm. but uh too sweet is the kiss of doom. Just too sweet. Just, just yes. That I well, once again, Michael. The the war games with the NWO were were bad. <laughs> All right. I I didn't. I thought war games ended pretty early on. 
Oh, you would be incorrect, sir. There are really they, a lot of garbage uh, war games from the mid-90s. Really? Oh, man. With uh, two rings. That just... Uh, technically. Like two matches going on at once at some points, right? It's like pretty much. separate at some so, points. So from what I've gathered as I'm watching this with the sound off, um, specifically so I can, you know, just have something on in the background so I don't get distracted by my own thoughts and go down the uh, the rabbit hole that awaits me there. But it looks like they have like a five-minute period to start off with with two wrestlers. And then every mm-hmm. two minutes, another one will come in after some sort of coin flip, which can occasionally be fixed or rigged or shenaniganized <laughs> in some way. So that at some point, whoever wins the coin flip is going to have, you know, an advantage. Uh, then you go in until all the members of both teams are in these adjoining rings. And then you go until someone surrenders. No pin, uh-huh. no pins, no none of that. Surrenders. Surrenders. It's a more brutal way of saying a submission match. Right. Okay. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Like kind of an I quit submission type. Yeah. Match. These these early ones that I've been what, kind of digging through here, they're supremely bloody. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. But back to the other Thanksgiving tradition. Abbott is pecan ale. I, I I see where you're coming from with the the thin relative thinness of the body. I think that there mm-hmm. that it is a tr- truly an ale as opposed to like a pecan stout or a pecan porter yeah. or something like that. Because, that's true too. It is a and I th- and personally I think that's been some of the problems that I've had with like pumpkin beers or other fall related mm-hmm. beers is that it just they they get a little bit too watery. But um, yeah. And this one's almost a, too watery for me, but that the nut flavor is great. Yeah, it's making up for that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pumpkin beers, mm-hmm. our old friends at Back Pocket Brewery have come out with a fantastic pumpkin beer. Probably the best one that I've had since the uh, Atomic Pumpkin doesn't count because that was a weird beer. But <laughs> probably the, sh- the best straight-up pumpkin beer I've had since the uh, the one whose name I can't remember from my youth. From Old Capital Brewing here in town. Oh yeah, which the one that I lament its loss. The uh, uh, yeah, the dragon that you chase after for pumpkin beers. <laughs> you never catch the dragon; you just chase it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this one this is really good. It's um, this does remind me of an American Newcastle, for lack of a better words. Yeah, I th- that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. With a little nutty twist. There's there's something inherently British about a Newcastle. Probably, you know, just the mind playing tricks on you, but it just it just tastes British sort of like, you know, blood pudding or like seeing those people who eat like beans with breakfast. Whereas <laughs> this one which is just gross. With but this uh it's disgusting, alright? I'm all for regional differences and like regional foods, but they just like heat up some friggin' beans and throw them on a plate. It was gross. Heinz. Yeah, it was disgusting. The only time baked, I, I'm gonna go out on an anti-baked bean rant here because I think they're gross, in, like in every fashion. And as a matter of fact, I think the only time baked beans have ever been used as a, uh, in a good way, is in the film version of the Who's Tommy. <laughs> Why? What did they do there? I think it was Eric Clapton who gets covered in baked beans. <laughs> okay. Someone gets covered in beans. Uh, Tommy baked beans. Here we go. What do we got? It's Anne Margaret. I don't remember this. Anne Margaret. Okay, yeah, all right. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in 
the uh, in Tommy, both the album and the movie. Anywho, screw baked beans. But um, back to the original point. Something about this feels more American. Like, just I don't know. I, do, I I can't think of any like traditional European things that are like pecan. I was gonna say it is to you know if you are one of those who gets sick of the pumpkin this pumpkin that pumpkin beers. This is a nice change of pace for a seasonal fall seasonal um, mm-hmm. beer. It's it's fitting with the season, you know, pecan pie. Uh, the malt profile itself is a nice kind of um, autumnal type um, malt profile, but mm-hmm. it's not pumpkin dominated. So if uh, you're sick of that, this is a nice alternative. I agree. Um, should we get in the rating, Michael? Yes, let's go to ratings. So, okay. Things I like about this beer. That nut flavor is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, we've said it before, but it bears repeating. It's it's unique. It is prominent without being overbearing. And it's just downright delightful. It's it's something new, but it feels like an old friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think you could have this with any food like Thanksgiving style? Mm. You can't do it with a pie. You can't have, you can't have, the food that the beer is aping. Together. Okay, it, it's 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 an uncanny valley situation. You know what I mean? Like, would you have would you have a pumpkin beer with a pumpkin pie? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's a bit too much. Yeah, and it, it it's it's just because you have the real thing right there. Right, it has to be complementary to something else. Yeah, I and mean, I could see this going with some stuffing. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Just something oh, about the savoriness stuffing. of stuffing. Stuffing. And then, God, I love stuffing. Yeah. Patron saying of the show, Dave Damashek is right. We should be able to have stuffing year-round without being judged. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's it's so good. <laughs> so the dislikes slightly watered down, not mm-hmm. to the point of disarming the beer, but it, it is notable. It, it is noticeable, uh, yeah. The color is beautiful. The head kind of vanished immediately Fizzled, for me. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. Which, which is fine, but it's a little unfortunate. Um, I, f- I don't know why I think this, but I feel just a little bit more of a, that malt backbone would have given it more head. I think so, too, yeah. That would have been nice, too, flavor-wise. The creaminess of the head might have helped fill out that uh, the relative thinness that we're experiencing. Yeah. So what's given a number, Jeremy? I'm going to go with the 4.0. I really, really like that nut flavor. For me, this is one of those beers that the downsides are notable, or rather the downside anyway, mm-hmm. but the ups are so, are so good that it's just it's getting around it, so four stars for me. Nice. I'm going to give it, I locked this in a while back, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Yeah. Pretty much for the same reasons. Um, mm-hmm. It's a nice, unique one, and I um, think it's worth looking at I agree, uh, every 100%. fall season. You know, if you get a little variety pack of different fall beers, throw this one in there, and uh, hopefully you won't be disappointed. There are a number of different pecan ales in here. Oh, I'm just in, uh, in Untapped. I'm just untapped. I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of them. Any larger breweries? Ah, uh, one moment, please. Hey, Michael, kill time. When we did Turbo Dog, Mike uh, gave Turbo Dog a 3.75. I gave it a 3.5. I 
And that was a brown ale, so I have a feeling that, like, the base, that that may be the base of uh, this beer to an extent. I should look that one up and uh, just built on top of it. I'm not not seeing a lot of uh, big-name breweries in here. That's what I figured. For some reason, it has Bender from Surly on here, which doesn't make any sense. I guess the next biggest one outside of this one would probably be uh, Prairie Artisan Ales out of, I think they're out of Tulsa? Okay. Have we had Prairie on the website, on the show? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we've not. I heard, like, the Prairie Bomb is a really good... Yeah, it is. Okay, one. that's that's on the next swap. I've never seen it in the store. It's plentiful around here. Oh, good. Oh, man, I love that. I heard it's supposed to be great. Yes. I mean, we'll do... Okay, so we'll do Prairie Bomb and then Four Loco. It's, it's, it's set in stone. <laughs> Um, somebody had a sign on TV on some sports show that said, bring back original four loco. That would be a uh, college game day. And I think it was at, uh, oh, it was at Miami Notre Dame last week. Cause I saw that same sign and it was great. <laughs> Were you there when we had four loco? I had my first four loco when I lived in Cincinnati. So, um, okay. That may have been, a, this is probably around the same time. I remember my lips went numb when I had one of those. <laughs> And I don't think it was psychosomatic. <laughs> but yeah, Michael, another one down the hatch. Another one down the gullet, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. Let me tell people where they can reach out to us if they want to get in touch. Please do. They can do so in a variety of ways. They can do it on Twitter at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host emeritus... Keeper of the Untapped, Tom Bombadil of the podcast, Mike. Keep tabs on that for us. Thank you, Mike. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Apple Podcasts and Stitcher are some of those that you can do that with. Uh, Rate us if you would. It helps spread the word about the show. We also have a little YouTube page you can check out, and that again is APM Pod. So, yeah. Do all those things. Yeah. That's it. So we'll wrap it up there. For uh, Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And you've been listening to American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.